Hello and welcome to The Best Is Net To Come. My name is Josh and I'm joined by my good friend Richard Chuba. Today we're going to be speaking about the Nets. They have six games left. They are 40 and 36. They are snugly in the eighth position, still in the east. However, there are a couple teams behind them still right on their backs. Charlotte Hornets, Atlanta Hawks, I think like a game and two games behind them. Or a game and a game and a half behind them even. And they haven't really gained any ground on that seventh seed, which is now the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Raptors have um, hopped over them to take the sixth seed. And the Raptors look really good, honestly, right now. And Scotty Barnes might even be the sleeper rookie of the year. Maybe we should get into that later, uh, Rick, because I know that I've always had Evan Mobley as like a penciled in for rookie of the year throughout the season. But um, he's been injured and the team's kind of falling apart. Whereas the Raptors are kind of like a sneaky, hard team to play against on top of the fact that Scotty Barnes is playing like 35 minutes a game and like doing really well. But anyway, back to the Nets. They barely beat the very lowly Detroit Pistons last night. Now, Cade Cunningham had an amazing game and everyone talked about it all night. Like, wow, Cade is like, he's real. It's going to be great, blah, blah, blah. And that's cool and all, but like that's not that should not have been the narrative last night. The narrative should have been. The Nets, walk, uh, the Nets welcomed the Detroit Pistons, the 20 and 55 Detroit Pistons or whatever they are, and uh, beat them by 20 and just kind of called it. And uh, Kevin Durant should not have even played in the fourth quarter. But no, it was super close, and they only pulled away with like three minutes to go. That is not the kind of win that you feel good after. And I think, Rick, you had mentioned to me something that you know, is kind of puzzling about this team. What were you saying exactly? Well, it's really concerning that the Nets, who are a team that a lot of people are talking about as one of the favorites for the title, if not the favorite to win it all this year, is like in a close game down to the wire with a tanking Pistons team. Like, yeah, Cade Cunningham is good, but like he shouldn't put up numbers like that against a team that we're hoping to win the title. And I'm struggling to really find out what is like the problem with this team, because it happens all the time, even with maybe teams that like aren't like at the Pistons level, which are like bottom feeders, but even teams that are definitely inferior and they're either barely winning or, or even just losing and losing. Yeah. And this is right now, like this is crunch time. This is, mm-hmm. what is there, like seven, eight games left or something? There are the six games left for the Nets. Even worse. So, and I'm nervous too because they have to get the seven or eight seed. They have to. Because if they fall to nine or ten, they have to win two in a row. And I'm really not that confident that they can do that. Like, would it surprise you if they fall to nine and, like, play the they Hawks? Left. And, and the Hawks like, beat him. Yeah, and Trey Young goes for 40 points and, and beats the Nets. Would that surprise yeah. you? Not at all. I've seen it happen. I've seen the, the Hawks beat the Nets in that way. It, it, yeah. it, it could easily happen. Yeah, so I, it's it's pretty nerve-wracking that they're one game ahead of the Hornets, and it's not because they beat them, because they didn't beat them. They lost to no. these guys. They lost, so, and that was a game that they probably should have won because when they played the Hornets at, like, what was it? Two weeks ago, they played the Hornets, and Kyrie scored 50 points. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, why couldn't that have happened again? Kevin Durant scored like 12 points that game, and they still ended up beating the Hornets. But no, they couldn't do it two weeks later when it's more important. Because now, yeah. like, you know, the, the clock is ticking, like you said, and the, this, this is just way too close to those teams. And they have teams remaining on their schedule that are of similar quality to the Hornets. And I think it was last week that me and Mike, you posed a question about what their record would be for the remainder of the year. And we got so excited with this um, vaccine mandate revision that I I said they would go eight and two. Mike said either eight and two or nine and one. But we both said it's a really very real possibility that they could just win out, go 10 and 0. Oh, my God, were we wrong. Like, <laughs> so, so wrong. And uh, they have on the schedule remaining, I think their next game is against the Bucks. Yeah, tomorrow they play the Bucks. That's scary. I think after that, I think they have the Hawks. They have uh, Cleveland. I know Cleveland isn't what they were earlier on in the year, but they're still a playoff team. So there are some games that aren't easy. The Knicks have kind of come alive uh, pretty recently. I think they've won their last, like, three games. And However, the one thing that's good about the Knicks right now, the Knicks are playing the Hornets tonight. If the Hornets beat the Knicks, it would be bad for the Nets, but it would be it would like I think that would essentially end the Knicks' chances at a play-in because they would only have five games left and they'd be down by six games to the Nets. Yeah, you're right. It so. would so it would guarantee them at least at least the ten seed. It guarantee if the net if the Knicks lose tonight Wednesday night to the Hornets it guarantees the Nets the 10th seed it's obviously not the seed we want but no. it is a guarantee <laughs> of something yeah no we're we're no we uh, we cannot afford the nine or the 10 seed that's just not an option no. like the Knicks have to win and one one of the things that's got me nervous too is uh these past couple games uh, it seems that each team has had one guy really kill the Nets, like really put up big numbers. LaMelo put up big numbers. Cade put up big numbers. Jason Tatum went berserk when they played the Celtics. And this is one of the reasons why I have been crossing my fingers and toes, hoping that Ben Simmons would come back. And I've said this all along. Like, I just really want Ben Simmons' defense. Like, I, if if Ben Simmons can, you know, you're not going to stop guys like Jason Tatum. Like, but you can slow him down. Like, if Jason Tatum goes for, like, 30 instead of, like, whatever he went for, 44 or however many, like, the Nets win that game. Mm-hmm. So, it and, like, Cade is, like, the only guy on the Pistons who's doing anything. Like, you shouldn't give up. I think he had, like, 36 like, what do you but know? Not, but it's not just that, though. I think you're right. You're absolutely right. But I also think the Nets, like, bench is just really falling apart. Like, they, they, I don't know, they were always bad, and it was clearly apparent that they were bad when they were starters during the KD-less, Kyrie-less run that they went through in January and February. Like, they were awful. But I kind of was like, yeah, but they're they're not starters, so maybe they're being overworked. No, even in these, like, diminished roles, they are still underperforming. Which is that scary. That's when you're like, oh, this is just a bad team. Because they, if, if Kevin Durant's going to sit down for four minutes and a lead, a 15-point lead dwindles to two in in four minutes without your best player, like that's 
That's scary. That's the kind of thing against a team like the Pistons you can recuperate because Durant will go for 40 or something. But even a 40-pointer from Durant won't like be able to save them from the Bucks or the Sixers or 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 you know the the Celtics or something because they have a legitimate team with at least six guys on their team who can put up 15 points a night, 20 points a night even. Like the Nets have two guys who are consistently putting up 20 pointers and that's it. Two guys. That's yeah. awful. It's it's perfect that you said this because this is exactly where I wanted to go next with our conversation is that we're each week, each day really, but on the podcast each week, we're constantly reevaluating the team, mm-hmm. you know, and for ever since the KD Kyrie era started, it's been a roller coaster, but it's it's been not even the roller coaster it's been like one of those like tower of terror or whatever you know like it's up and down just straight up and down uh the past like week or two and i earlier in the season was really comfortable because i'm like man like the nets have katie Kyrie, and their bench is like when they get back to like you said their bench rolls it's a pretty good team you know they have some players they'll have they got uh Drummond, Curry now in the trade. Like, this is a well-rounded team. And now I'm kind of thinking, mm, this might just be Katie Kyrie and just a bunch of guys. Because, it kind of is. Because we talked before uh, uh, we started recording how, like, the Grizzlies, I think, are now, like, 19-2 and two without John Morant. Like, Which is astounding. Really, yeah. really impressive. And we thought, and I know – me specifically, I like thought before, prior to that game against the Grizzlies, like, oh no, John Morant, Done. Nets, Nets are good. Nets, thank God, easy win, and they got freaking smoked. And it it seems too that the Nets can't afford to have either Katie or Kyrie have a bad game. Now it it seems like one of them kind of has to really go off. And but like if one of them like Kyrie his first home game I think he was like two for seventeen, they just they can't survive that with the the roster they have they need both of these guys to be on and like we've seen plenty of times them combine for like seventy points and lose yeah and that's really nerve wracking because that's what happened against the Hornets uh, like on Sunday exactly so I don't know how we could really expect them to beat like the bucks or say like if they made the finals like the suns like all these teams they're they're all really deep and like they have like replacements like if a guy goes down like they're the bench players is is filling that role and right now like it's bad because we like really need like seth curry to have a good night as a third scoring option for us to be like okay we have a good win but i know when when like we signed Katie and Kyrie, like I was thinking we'd have like this um, Steph Curry, Katie Warriors kind of stretch where we'd be like, oh man, Nets by 30. And it's like Nets by 30 against like a top three seed in like the West or something because we're like, oh my God, the amount of talent on this team. And right now it's, oh my God, the amount of talent on this team. Where is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like what this team has proven is that. They are really uh, – they get up to the, the competition that they're playing against. And unfortunately, KD and Kyrie even are in this weird post part of their career where, like, even in these extremely important games, 
like, and and this kind of like instills like the confidence that the other players need too. But like, if they don't feel this like drive or like anger towards the other team, it, it gets it's so hard for them to stay competitive for the 48 minutes. Like uh, when they play against a team like the Sixers or they play against the Knicks or something, or they play against a team where there's like animosity, you, I, I feel more confident that the the, the Nets are going to win because they have this like anger. Like KD plays so well when he's angry. Kyrie, like you saw him against the Sixers. He was like making James Harden look like he was five feet tall. And that was amazing because he was angry. But it seems like this team, like they're such an emotional team. When they are not deeply invested in the competition, they'll let anyone beat them because they don't really they don't really care. And I'm just like, guys, these wins count the same amount as the other wins. Like, there's not like, oh, you beat the Sixers, it counts for two wins. Like, no, that was one. Like, these are all they are all the same. You guys have to be consistently getting up for each competition, no matter the record and no matter the lack of narrative between the two teams. Like. It's it's crazy. I and I was thinking about like these random teams that they play. They have never had an easy game against the Pistons over the last two years that they've had Kate, Katie and Kyrie. I think they've only beaten the Pistons by like like an average of five points in all of those competitions. I know a couple of those games even came down to like the last minute. Like, and the Pistons have been awful that this whole two year like kind of uh, path. But no, like the Nets have this thing where they like they don't there's no such thing as like a scheduled win for them like every every game where they play a bad team if they don't feel like making a statement they will probably either keep it close or just straight up lose which is just weird i i don't know i I don't know if that's coaching or or like a lack of investment in the game who's to blame i know there's been horrific defense like the defense especially like three-point perimeter defense disappeared i i mean maybe that was where deandre bembry was is being deeply missed your boy bembry played some great perimeter defense but like no one's playing it now yeah everyone's jacking them up what game was it that i i think it was both the grizzlies and hornets game like these guys were Wide open and wide open. There was one near the end of the game, and the I think it was the Hornets were a little ahead, but like the Nets still had like a shot. Somebody had a corner three, might have been Miles Bridges or Terry Rozier, I don't remember. And like KD didn't even go out to contest it, and I just couldn't freaking believe it. Like he's he's seven feet tall, his wingspan's like a hundred feet, like. You know, if he makes it fine, get a hand in the air, right? And it seems like there's no, like you said, sense of urgency against like these teams that aren't considered elite. Like you're, like you're right; they don't have like this statement that they have to make, which is strange because I know these aren't winner go home games, but I mean, in a sense, they kind of are because if if they're not winning these games they're they're in like a do or die 9-10 game exactly i i'm i'm really not confident that they would beat the hawks like i i would pick them to win um and you know they are of course the bet well i don't want to say of course the better team i have no idea anymore but i believe they're the better team 
But like, do you want to risk that? Like, do you want to like, you know, play freaking games just like, you know, messing around and like thinking that all of a sudden the first round, the play is going to come and let's just say they, they advance and they get this, the seven or eight and you know, the first round comes like you're in a dog fight. The, entire postseason you're playing a top two team from the get-go like you don't have the time to just like flip a switch and turn it on like katie and Kyrie are good but like this the rest of this roster isn't just gonna be like all right boys showtime let's mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just sweep these guys it's just not gonna work like that so and i'm a little like disappointed too in that like there has been plenty of stretch of this season where Kyrie was part-time, Katie was injured. So it was all these bench guys that were starting and playing these games. And you would hope that like, okay, these guys are going to get a lot of run. They're going to get a bigger role and it's really going to toughen them up, prepare them for the postseason. So when it comes time to really win big games, these guys have been starting, let's say, I don't know, 20 or so games. And they're ready. And they got freaking smoked during that stretch. And they come to the floor, man. And I'm just, like, not confident in any – like, I I don't feel good about the ball really being in anyone's hands. Like, I'm okay with it being, like, in Goran Dragic's hands. But he's more of, like, a passer and a playmaker. He's not, like, a a get-me-a-bucket type guy. So I think it's going to be a lot of 40-plus-minute games – Throughout the postseason for KD and Kyrie, I just don't think they can afford to be off off the floor that long. Yeah, no, you're right. I think one thing, I guess, <laughs> I don't really know if this is a silver lining, but the roster is the roster. And they didn't, they, they kind of showed their true colors during this uh, stint without KD and Kyrie. And I'm wondering in an alternate dimension, uh, like some sort of bizarro New York where KD doesn't get hurt and Kyrie is vaccinated and James Harden stays on the team and they stay in the top four seeds. Maybe they end the season similarly to the way they ended last year in like the second, they're like the two seed and they have like a pretty convincing like 55 win season. Does this underbelly show in the playoffs in the first round or in the second round, just like it, you know, it's doing it now in the regular season where it's like, oh, wait, the Nets are really not that deep at all. And if at least two of the guys on the team have to be going off for them to win any game, no matter who they're playing. It's like kind of at least they know exactly what they're entering the playoffs with and they know how to move on from this or at least adjust for this. Or at least KD can put in his mind like, oh, I have to play 48 minutes every single game of this fucking postseason because if I don't, we're going to lose every game. I don't. Um, Cause like, yeah, I can, I can see like a team like the nets are currently constructed walking easily into the playoffs. Cause they have three elite players. Like obviously in the, uh, in the alternate world where Harden stays and, and, K- and Kyrie's vexed, but then they still end up losing because they're really like lacking regardless, depending like when those guys are sitting and the team just plummets and just gives up so many points. And I don't know if it's like Nash's schemes. 
because there are games where like the net, the Nets just like truly blitz a team and then like the game's over by the third the fourth quarter, right? Like there's been a lot of those games in the past couple weeks. The the Magic game, the Sixers game, um I forget they 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 beat another team like last week by a lot. It ended up getting close at the end, but they beat them by like they were winning by like 20 in the fourth quarter. So these things do happen, but then at the same time because like they never play defense, you never know like what like like if you're not going to play defense, you're going to go down by 25, you know, in the middle of the second quarter you're losing by 25 to some shitty team. Why why did you even like what kind of scheme is this? Like how you got to have like another scheme, at least two schemes, one that's more defensive minded. I don't think Nash understands what defense is still. No, I think you're I think you're right too. I mean, he was never like a defensive guy even when he was playing. But I don't he just, know. He he just hasn't figured it out. Like he doesn't understand what defense is or at least maybe it's like under like unspoken that they they don't have defense and there's no there's no point in even discussing it. See, like, that's what I wanted to ask you is, do you think that maybe, like, they're just not considering, like, defense at all? Like, see, like, because of the player empowerment era, like, Kyrie and KD, like, run the team. And they even said, I think, prior to Nash getting hired, I think it was Kyrie who was like, yeah, we don't have a coach. And it was like, I mean, yeah, you do. It's Steve Nash. But, like, <laughs> they're like, we don't have a coach. Do you think that maybe the way – because of the power dynamic and I guess Steve Nash's own philosophy that they're just like, all right, we're just going to outscore everyone. Hopefully, you know, in a close game, we'll put the clamps on the last five or two minutes or so, get those serious, real needy stops when we need them, but we're just going to get buckets. I think that's that's what, you're right. I think that's what Kevin Durant and Kyrie, like, uh, wanted. That's why they came to Brooklyn. They wanted a place to just get buckets, and that would be their primary responsibility. And they didn't want to have a coach telling them, "Hey, like get a hand up, you know, put your ass into them, play some defense, get a rebound or two, because that they're in that stage of their career where it's like they're they're over that. They've proven themselves. They just want the cushy, cozy lifestyle of showing up to work, getting buckets, and like occasionally winning games. And that's fine with the Nets organization because they're like, okay, we can we can manage this if we get the pieces to fill in those gaps. But it, it feels as though no matter how many good pickups the Nets have made, which, you know, on paper, the Nets have made like countless solid pickups over the last two years with mm-hmm. with Drummond and the Marcus Aldridge and, and Blake was really good for a while, but now he doesn't even play. And then like, you know, Claxton blossoming, Bruce Brown being an under like like he was a no one before he came to the Nets. Now he's like a legitimate like people gonna want him this this off season for sure. There's a lot of great players in the Nets, but like no one actually filling that void or that gap that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are just truly like not willing to give. I mean Durant plays solid defense every now and then. Kyrie doesn't, but like Durant does. And in those moments where Durant plays defense is when the game shifts and actually the Nets start, like, taking over. But you know he doesn't want to. He he signed up for this so that he doesn't have to play defense. That's the entire reason he picked this team. But the Nets, I don't know, I think the franchise just hasn't figured out a way to build a defensive powerhouse around him. 
the only pending solution is Ben Simmons. Yeah. Does Ben Simmons become the, the solution to all this? I, you know, it sucks to like have to put like all your hopes and dreams on a guy like Ben Simmons who just like didn't play because Philly fans didn't like him. And now, you know, his back is injured. I believe his back is actually legitimately hurt. I, I just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me if it wasn't, but like a guy coming off an injury who may or may not have some like mental and emotional health problems right now. Like, I, I think if he came back, it really would be, like, a massive, massive change. But, like, we don't even know if he's coming back. And if he does come back, like, maybe we maybe the Nets play Philly in the first round and the boos are just a little too loud for him and he, like, quits. Like, you have no idea. So, and, and, it, and it's, to go along with that, I think one of the problems the Nets have is they just don't have any dogs. Like, there's no freaking dogs on this team like it was i think maybe two years ago or something when like the clippers traded for like a couple guys like it was like mark marcus morris and like pat beverly or something like they got like dogs i mean they didn't win but like those are the kind of guys the nets need like they need a guy who like you know is gonna like get in somebody's grill and get a tech or something like right yeah you know what i mean Give him the free throw and like let's liven up the, the squad because, I mean, Kyrie, Katie and Kyrie are so like freaking just laid back and like you know, cool, calm, and collected and go with the flow and zen and all this shit. But like, kind of sometimes you need to be like, grab a guy by the jersey and say like, wake up, motherfucker, we gotta win, baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's just not gonna happen. It's not. That's just not the type of team this is. The Nets so. put together a team. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the thing is, is like individually, each of the guys who is not Katie and Kyrie does cover one of these bases, but there's no one who covers all of them. Like there's a guy who is like a peppy guy. Patty Mills is like a peppy guy. He gets people excited. He did the whole boots helmet thing in the beginning of the season. But he's like a really little guy who can't really play great defense all the time. And sometimes he's like ice cold, yes. which is bad. I, ice, you're right. Yeah. Bruce Brown has been having a stellar second half of his season. But he's also kind of a liability, like, offensively. He can't shoot outside of, like, 10 feet most of the time. His floater game is amazing, but that's that's really it. He like, you know, if, if, <laughs> if he's at the three-point line, they're clearing out. They're going to go shoot. Go ahead. Unfortunately, I mean, he's getting better at it, but he's still not uh, that much of a threat. I think of guys like Pat Connington when he was like just doing doing everything for like the the, uh, the Bucks, and then like a guy like um, um, what's his name? Yeah, like like one of the Morris brothers. Uh, just like a guy who's not that important to the team, but like because he's there, it puts them over the, the like the top. Just like an extra oomph. Yeah, and you know the, the- some crappy guys yeah yeah and you need that like you know i it, it was last year with like um blake was really really good last year and he was great even in the postseason like diving for loose balls and like you know almost being like a like a bench leader and you just you just don't have like this 
grit. It's just, you know, like guys walking in and like Katie and Kyrie are, they're going to get theirs. They're probably going to score 30 each. I think, I think if they score, I think I read somewhere 25 points each or something in the next game, they'll be like the third duo to average 30 points in a month. You know, congratulations. <laughs> like, where, where's the wins? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, who cares? These numbers are hollow, man. They don't matter at all. That sucks. But, look, so they got six games left. I don't want to even make a prediction for how many games they're going to win. But we got to hope they stay in that eighth seed at the very least. Um, and it's going to take some luck because the, the Hornets don't look bad. The Hawks don't look bad right now. They are playing for – like the Hawks are not super excited, I'm assuming, but the Hornets definitely have to be because this is this is potentially their first playoff berth in I don't know how long. When was the last time the Hornets were in the playoffs? I can't I, remember. It's been a while, though. You're right. And, and you know, I don't believe they have any – championship expectations and that's fine but when you're like a young up-and-coming team though like they're, they're probably thinking all right let's get our feet wet let's get some experience let's let's give one of these top seeds uh, a run for the money maybe we're out in in six or mm-hmm. hell even seven um and then you know put in the work in the offseason come back next year and we're a force to be reckoned with so that's like, exactly what happened with the grizzlies last exactly. year yeah, and they're not going to be pushovers, and they're they're not they're not they have nothing to fear. Like a team like the the Hornets, they're playing with house money because like they really don't have the pressure on them that the Nets have. If the Nets lose in the play-in or they lose in the first round, that is all over ESPN, FS1, the radio, newspapers. That like massive failure. Like it's the back back pages like the New York Post, like. Um, just how much of an epic failure like the entire season was. Freaking Hornets, man, they lose. It's just the, the they'll probably whatever Charlotte Observer or whatever the hell their newspaper is just going to be like, you know, great fight, scrappy young team, can't wait till next year. And that, that's scary too when you're playing with guys like that. That's what comes with with the the pressure added from having all like like incredible all NBA talents like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, but this is the feeling, this was the excitement that we had in 2019, watching those Nets, those scrappy ass Nets win only 42 games or something like 43 games that season, but it felt like a win. I think they ended up being the sixth seed that year, which is crazy. And, and, uh, you know, they ended up losing in five to the Sixers in the first round, but that wasn't the point. That was, the point was that like, they've proven that they're an exciting team to watch. Like, don't don't count out those nets. Then they get the All-Stars, and then, like, the entire script is flipped. Now it's like, if you guys don't even make the Eastern Conference Finals, you're dead to me. You're failures. You're losers. You are you screwed the season, Kyrie, by not being vaxxed. Or, or Kevin Durant, is he's, he's too injury-prone now. Even though he's amazing, you know, he's getting hurt. This is now two seasons in a row where he gets hurt and is out for, like, six weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to remember this. Like as great as Kevin Durant is, and I am a I love this man. And I'm so glad that he re-signed, but I'm also worried because he has he has it in him now to just like all of a sudden bump his knee into someone and he's out for two months. Yeah, and guys at that height, you know, injuries are uh, a lot more delicate when you're like around that 
six ten, six eleven, seven feet tall, like those, especially lower body injuries are really scary. And it's you know, if they don't make the conference finals this year, and we're not even talking about championship, just conference finals. This will be the third year in a row, and it, you can count the first year if you want or, or don't have to because he wasn't playing. But this will be three years in, no conference finals appearances, and another year older. And then you're you're kind of thinking like, holy shit, is this window closing? Like, and I I think they still have a couple more years because um, I'm sure you saw the reports that Kyrie was Kyrie. Just, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving him. Which now that the vaccine isn't an issue, uh, I mean, you know, I what 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 like percentage would you put on on actually that happening for real? The way that he plans it, because as we know with Kyrie. He said very similar things to Cleveland, and he said almost identical things to Boston, if you remember. And I'm not saying like, – at this point, though, Kyrie has shown his ass to the whole <laughs> the whole yeah. association. And anyone who picks him up is doing it, like, as, like, an ironic joke. Like, there would be no one else who would be, like, signing him right now knowing, like, what he's capable of, which is missing a lot of games – and, like, just not showing up half the time for his own reasons. Uh, you know, vaccine or not. And on top of the fact, like, all of the narrative as to why he's here in Brooklyn, he's he's kind of – he like, all the power is in the Nets' hands, really. Because he's yeah. he's made it seem like he's either a Net or he's no one at this point. If he's not a Net, he might retire or something. And I don't know for sure, obviously. I don't know anything. I'm just kind of allegedly thinking. But – I feel like he he put that out there into the ether because he knows that he doesn't have the leverage after the, what he did this year. And by speaking to the media and by kind of um, playing to the crowd with the Nets fans who have had no All-Stars forever to be like, oh, we're going to have KD and Kyrie for the next four years or whatever. That's amazing. Like, oh, my God. At the same time, you're like, but like – if they're not winning championships, is this going to be all worth it in the end? Or are we going to be five years or four years from now being like, the fucking KD, Kyriera, what a waste. The Nets are screwed forever. I, I, I'd i like to think not, but I'm worried about that for sure. Yeah, these are those are all valid thoughts because you we've – as we've all seen with the Nets, we have no idea where this is going. We have no idea what to expect. Um, I, I know though, if they don't win even just one championship with Katie and Kyrie, massive failure, like ESPN 30 for 30 level documentary failure. And, uh, they can still do it. I, I do believe they can win the championship this year. I don't, I don't think they would be my pick to win it, unfortunately, but I do, I do believe they can do it. But like you said too, like I, they're, I'm confident they're going to re-sign Kyrie. Um, I don't. I'm a, assuming it'll be at the max as well. I just think that's how they'll do it. But like, it wouldn't surprise me though if they were just like, you know what? Uh, we don't. Thanks, but no thanks, Kyrie. Like we're gonna we're gonna go in another direction. Um, uh, sign and trade, or just let them walk. And you're right too. Like if I'm another team, like. I don't want Kyrie Irving. Uh, if if I'm like the Lakers, and because they're in just an embarrassing state right now of desperation, mm-hmm. um, 
I could see them wanting him. I don't know if he'd want to even play with LeBron. But this no. is a scenario I don't think is going to happen anyway. But, like, most most guys, most GMs are probably like, no interest, sorry, not going to do it. And So he'll be back, but it's, it's just always something with this team, man. I, I mean, you never know what to expect with Kyrie, and you hope that now the vaccine that isn't a thing, that it'll be at least close to normal. But we've seen even prior to the vaccine, like, well – before the, the mandate of just like birthday parties and just like being MIA for like personal reasons. Like it's just not going to stop. Yeah. You just hope it doesn't, you know, really affect the end result of the year. I think as Nets fans over the last two years, we've gotten used to Kyrie and we understand his mindset a lot more than we did when he first started doing this sort of thing. And so we, can like you know we've set our standards much lower than they were probably in 2020 as the beginning of last season started but even so it's like you said like what other team would take a chance on a guy who is that volatile and i'm not like i'm not saying that what he did like especially last year i didn't always I didn't fully disagree with the way he felt. I, I mean, it's fine. You take time off for, for mental health reasons, personal reasons, it's whatever. Whatever you got to do is fine, but you got to communicate that so that, like, fans aren't wondering, like, is this guy quitting on us? Like, we don't even know him that well, and is he not showing up to games? Like, that's something that we had to learn um, the hard way, which was, which was a bummer. But, you know, he's here now, and he's he seems very committed, and – Man, look, if he if he's lying or if he's just like kind of um posturing for for a, I don't know, attention or whatever, then shame on him, but I don't I, I hope that he's in that, but I hope he's in that for the right reasons, not because you know, he mentioned I remember he specifically said something like, "Oh, I really want to be here to play with Seven. Play with Kevin Durant." I think that you need to be here because you want to be a Brooklyn Net, too. Yeah, not like hang out with your buddy. Yeah, and it 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 does kind of feel like that a little bit. Like I do think he, when he's on the floor, I do think he gives it his all. I think he, he you know, we've seen like he he plays well most of the time, aside from that two for seventeen performance. He he's extremely efficient, but like maybe there's another level as good as he is that he could reach if he was like man, like, I want to be fucking great. Like, I want to bring a title to the to Brooklyn. Like, I want to win for my childhood team. And, like, it, it might just be, like, cool for him to, like, put up numbers, make a lot of money, and hang with KD. And you know what? Like, I guess if that's what he wants to do, fine, good for him. But, like, as a fan, like, we... We want more. <laughs> yeah. That's not why you watch basketball. You don't want to watch – like, I watch – if I was watching, like, like some dudes in like that I'm friends with play, like, at the Y, then, yeah, it'd be fun to watch them just, like, goofing around, like, throwing layups and then alley-oops to each other and, like, hitting threes and dancing and stuff. That's fun. Sure, I'll go do watch that at, like, the, the Y or whatever. But, like, I'm not trying to, like, be that, this invested in dudes just chilling. 
<laughs> like you gotta yeah. have more grit you gotta have more like i'm here to win for this city i'm here to win and i don't like it will kill me i won't be able to sleep at night if i don't win with this city like i know that might not be true but you gotta say these things so i believe you <laughs> yeah so well with that said do we do we expect too much or do are we, i i don't yeah think maybe we, we do but do we i think that nets fans are 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 traumatized into thinking that they don't. First of all, they don't deserve these guys because they're too good. And second of all, that as a franchise, we don't deserve success because we're not one of the premier ones. And so we, when we think of success in the league, we think of more like minor victories, like oh, we beat the Lakers on a Tuesday night in February, holy shit, or like oh, we're the seventh seed, amazing. We don't think of things like oh, we're winning a title, like. You know, I bet even in the 2000s, in the early 2000s, there weren't Nets fans in New Jersey thinking like, oh, this is the title year. Even during that oh. two-year run where they were in the title games, I bet the fans were probably like, geez, this is surprising. Like, wow, what a weird feeling this is. I, I was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I went to plenty of games each of those years. And, you know, even throughout the year, I would I – would, wouldn't even look like i didn't even have a smartphone then so i would just look at the standings in the newspaper and i'd look and i'd be like holy shit look at that <laughs> like oh, wow 50 50 wins already jesus are we we're the one seed like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're you're right and it's like they lost to the the lakers and the spurs and like you know we were upset because we didn't win the championship but we were we weren't like disappointed we were like huh good job good effort like cool. yeah you know, but like, and you're right. So like, we've, we've have been conditioned to just kind of like, you know, be grateful for the good moments, however few and far between they are, whether like, whether it be, yeah, like a big win against like the Lakers, you know, in February, um, or just like a primetime game on TNT. But like now it's, it's a place that Nets fans have never been before. It's like, it's, um, not the hunter, it's the hunted. Like even even now, the Nets and like players on the team have talked about this. At, even as the eighth seed and like fighting for their lives, just to like for placement in the play-in. Like I think it was KD who was like, we get teams best shot every night. Like mm-hmm. regardless of our seating, like they get up to play us. Like they're out to fucking kill us. And you know what? Most of the time they do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's literally happening to the Lakers. The Lakers got murdered by the Mavericks last night, and they didn't have to. Like, the Mavericks could have beat them easily, but no. Like, Luka and those guys wanted a statement win, and they didn't need it. But they beat them by, like, 40 or something, or, like, 30. And they were beating them by 30 at a half. And mm-hmm. they don't they don't need to do these things, but with these large franchises with these like historic characters on each team, statement wins are very important. And unfortunately, uh, it seems like LeBron James and Kevin Durant, I'm trying to think of someone else in the league who gets this kind of like statement, like we want to sh- make them look bad kind of uh, game. Maybe the Sixers now because they have they have Harden. Like people are trying to make them look bad. Yeah. But really, it, really, it's just like Durant and LeBron, like. Whenever a team, especially a bad team, plays those guys, they're like, we're going to embarrass them. We're going to play super hard for 48 minutes, 
And, uh, you know, I mean, if it's enough, if it's enough motivation to win, good for them. I wish the Nets had that kind of motivation. Anyway, this was a great conversation, and I really wish Mike was here to, to chip in because I know he would have a lot of things to say to try to, like, because we, we really, like, we railed against these this Nets for 44 minutes, but they deserve it. They deserve all of it. I don't regret it at all. No, ab- absolutely. Hopefully they can uh, win enough games at, the, at this home stretch to lock down that seven or eight seed because that's, that's just such a huge deal. And, um, but look, but realistically, to end the pod, what happens if the Nets go out in the play-in? They lose. They, they First of all, they make the 9 or 10, and then they lose in that game, or they lose in the second game. Where uh, do we – where are – what are we thinking about going into next season? I, I, I think a lot of it will be – kind of chalked up to almost as just a lost season. I think a lot of people are going to be like, well, Kevin Kevin was hurt a lot. Kyrie missed a lot of games because of the vaccine mandate. Um, you know, this team's really good, but they just had a lot of bad luck this year. I think that's what's going to be the thought. Um, I don't think that's what it should be, but I, I do think that a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know, when you're missing your stars, that shit happens. But also, like, they were have a, have a good role, they, like draft other guys that were better or pick up other better guys. And and they're going to they, they should use the Grizzlies as an example of what a team can do without its stars, because that's what the Nets need in order to be a real contender. It's like a team that can win games when Kevin Durant's hurt, when Kyrie Irving's not playing. They need to be able to win games. Yeah. Now, I'm expecting it if they do lose in the, in the play in tournament. Um, and maybe even if they make a deep playoff run or even win a championship, but especially if they lose in the play-in tournament, I think they're going to make a big trade in the offseason. I don't know who it'll be for. Um, I do think they would do something like those two first-round picks from Philadelphia and Joe Harris or something for, like, Jeremy Grant or something. Like, that was just rumored around the trade deadline. But I think they would try to make a real big move to get over the hump next year. But I think what the narrative should be if they lose is a, a, a disappointment, not in just the result of the season, but specifically KD and Kyrie. Because right now, like we're in the position, I think they're eight seed right now, correct? Mm-hmm. They have They have both these guys, they're healthy, they're playing both home and away games. It's their position to lose and they are easily I don't think there's anyone that would say that any of the other teams in the play-in positions are better than them. so there, there's really no excuse so it's it is it, really Durant Kyrie uh Steve Nash everyone should just be ripped for a disappointing season if they lose if they lose and I think it I think even if they don't lose in the plane. I think if they lose in the first round, it's still, still disappointing. And they'll play a, a a really good team. I don't know who it's going to be yet because I think those top three or four teams are separated by like yeah, half a game, game and a half. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but it, it it really is every year that these two guys are on the team is championship or bust. I think 
I don't know if the Vegas odds have changed, but I know at least last time I checked and throughout the entire year, the Nets have at least been the favorite to come out of the East and maybe the favorite to win the title, even in their 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 play in position. Mm-hmm. So Vegas knows what they're talking about more times than not. And if they're saying, hey, this this is the team. If you're placing money to bet on a team to win, put it on them. And then they lose. Or, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would be out of my freaking mind. I I. I'm getting mad already. They haven't even lost. <laughs> no, it, the, the, honestly, it feels almost like the expectations were put in as like a jinx to like prove that the Nets are not good. Like, oh, we have them ranked as the best team, knowing full well that a million things are going to happen and they're going to end up losing in some embarrassing fashion. I mean, last year was embarrassing. This year, way more, way more than last year. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Is, yeah. For the fun of it, because it, you were talking about jinxes, is KD potentially cursed? Last year, foot on the line. Um, his last year with the Warriors got hurt and didn't win the championship. He had, prior to going to the Warriors, had the 3-1 lead when he was on the Thunder, blew it. I mean, I know he has the two titles, but he has two titles with, like, the most loaded rosters the league has ever seen. Maybe right. he's just cursed. Maybe we have, like, the goat of being cursed. <laughs> like, he's definitely, like, one of the least lucky superstars in history. Like, I know there are other superstars who have – even not even won championships like guys like Nash or or Charles Barkley or like uh, you know these are the guys I think about when I think of like extremely unlucky superstars like Nash and Barkley for yeah. dudes who were like amazing in their time should have won and never actually were able to do it. Unfortunately, Barkley went against like Michael Jordan, but you know Nash should have been able to do it. Just like, a million bad breaks. It's tough. I, I wonder if Kevin Durant doesn't go to the Warriors, if he even has a title ever, Probably. no matter where he goes. Would because, you- yeah, like he just has a super bad luck. And I'm not a skeptical person. I really don't believe in these things truly. I just talk about them because they're fun. But, yeah. like, it, it's starting to it, – I'm starting to believe, man. It's kind of getting a little out of control. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in other news, just to close out the pod – uh, the Boston Celtics lost Robert Williams, torn meniscus. Yeah. Four to huge six weeks. blow, huge blow to them. Um, I think that's a big help for the Nets. Uh, and I guess my closing question to you: This is just a shot in the dark. Ben Simmons, does he come back this year? And if so, when? I'm gonna say no, not at all. I'm gonna say no. All right. I'm gonna say I'm, I I truly don't think I don't think he would because so the, team, the team is just so incapable of giving us a direct answer about anything going on with him. If they were more confident that he was coming back, they would be like, oh, probably next week he's gonna start three on three, then he's gonna start five on five the week after that, and then we'll have him in three weeks. No, yeah, they have they have been like, oh, we're not really sure. Like, uh, he's in the He's doing, like, back rehab right now. <laughs> they, they, they don't fucking know. Are the, are the reporters interviewing Kermit the Frog? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's in the training room, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels. 
but but you're right, though. You usually hear reports like, you know, Ben Simmons is doing three-on-three work, or he's, like, doing running drills, or, you know, he's cleared for contact, or something like that. He's going to go play for the Long Island Nets for a week, you know, like something, something. And yeah, he's gonna shoot uh, baskets at a carnival. Anything, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anything, yeah. Yeah. So, and you don't hear that stuff. All I hear is, yeah, you know, reporter X spoke to Steve Nash, uh, asked about the status of Ben Simmons. He said, "We're really hopeful." For what? Me too, Steve. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, it's tough. It's so tough. God, they're the most cursed team. Jeez. Kermit the Frog said, mm, "We're really hopeful." <laughs> should be a recurring. We should do this uh, more like a uh, every week. We could do like a uh, what does Kermit say this week about Ben Simmons? Invite him as a guest on the pod. <laughs> All right, we're here live with Kermit the Frog to give us the update of Ben Simmons. Uh, Kermit, any updates? Mm, yeah, we're hopeful. <laughs> I'm hopeful too, Kermit. But I'm getting tired of being hopeful. I'm running out of hope. <laughs> All right, exactly. well. Nets have six more games. They play tomorrow against the Bucks. It's the last good team they play before the end of the season because the Nets rest of their schedule we've got. We've got Bucks tomorrow. Then they play the Hawks, which is an important game, as we know. They play the Rockets on Tuesday. They're out. They're done. They, they're tanking. They're going to be looking to lose that game. They play the Knicks next Wednesday, who might also be tanking at that point because – they probably will not be in contention for the play. And also, quick aside about Julius Randle. There's, like, essentially – he's a, essentially asking out. There's rumors that he's asking out of New York because he can't yeah. he cannot handle the fucking team. And he's, like, having, like, hissy fits on the court. Even in wins, he's, like, throwing the ball in the air and, like, complaining. I think he has I, Ben's syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's worse. I think he's got, he's got like, a, a very serious – Ben Simmons issue worse than Ben. Uh, he's he's really this Randall. Yeah. yeah, he wants out. Yeah, he wants out, and it's bad. I don't know where he's going next year because uh, who wants that kind of energy, honestly? Uh, probably. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll take him back. He was already a Laker. That's where he learned how to be that way, probably. Yeah. Uh, Cavaliers they play next Friday, and then the last game of the season, I think they play the Pacers. So. You know, that could be four or five wins. That could also be, like, two or three. Like, they, they – we don't know. And and it's really dumb to predict because this team, they love keeping you on your toes. But we'll see. Uh, we'll be back next week, talk about these nets and talk about, you know, where they are in position for the playoffs. And we'll get an update from Kermit and everything. So thanks to Rick and thanks thanks for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. See you guys later. Thanks for listening to The Best is Net to Come.